0: Hello everyone, this is Jared Albrick, the Yard Sale Artist, welcoming you to a Long Box Crusade Else Worlds episode. is a Longbox Crusade Worlds, you might ask. Well, some of your favorite Longbox Crusade members have done some work over on some other podcast networks that you may or may not be familiar with. So from time to time, we will grab a show from the past that one or all of us has done on one of those other networks, and we'll play it for you here. Whether it's a James Bond Rookie Agent show from On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast Network, or a Comics with Normies from White Rocket Entertainment Network, or some other bit of alternate dimension craziness, we hope that you enjoy this presentation of Longbox Crusade, Elseworlds. Hello and welcome back to On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast, brought to you by our fine Patreon sponsors and White Rocket Entertainment. I'm your host for this program, Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist, aka Death Probe, and joining me is a veteran Bonafide co-host and my brother, Jason the Weasel Skull Albrecht. Jason, welcome back to the show and, you know, let us know what 007 stuff you've been doing since last recording.
1: Well, not too much in the realm of 007 stuff. I took a few days off to go commune in nature, went camping with Julie. I'm going to give a little shout out to our fellow 00 agent, Van Plexico. He was recently on a, a secret mission, which he accomplished with great success. Came mm-hmm. back alive and whole, eliminated his opponent. I take my hat off to another successful mission to that gallant agent, sir. Here yes.
0: here. here, here.
1: What about you? What have you been up to? We recently
0: acquired a new family pet. I have posted some pictures on Twitter. We have a bearded dragon. His name is Spyro. And my ultimate goal for this lizard creature, if you don't know what a bearded dragon is, is basically a lizard, like an iguana or or that kind of a thing. My ultimate goal is to get it a collar of diamonds and then Ah. put it on my shoulder and walk around and act like I'm Sanchez. (laughs) So that (laughs) is like... like,
1: (laughs) Diamonoids.
0: Yes. I'm not that classy, but yes, when Jordan kind of pitched the idea to me and Johanna... Jolano was more hesitant than me, and I was like, yeah, I think we could do this. And the whole time, I was like, I'm going to be Sanchez. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my whole line of thinking. But that's what I've been up to, man. And just to remind our listeners that this is the 21st, folks. We've broken through 20. We're into the Craigs. 21st of our You don't ongoing- have, to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to lie. You don't have to lie, Craig. You don't have to lie. Anyway, yeah, this is our 21st on um, MI6 oh. Rookie Agents. And here on Rookie Agents, Jason and I are taking two of our friends from our lives who are not very familiar with the 007 universe through the entire James Bond series of films, one movie at a time, to get a newcomer's point of view on this film series that we love so much here at the On Her Majesty Secret podcast network. So let's get our rookie agents onto the show. Welcome back, Delvin, The Dark Web, Felix Slider, Silver Hands, Pop Pop Piss, The Hot Thing. <laughs> Williams. Welcome back, man. And uh, what Bond stuff you've been up to?
2: Uh, it is good to be back. I guess the most bonding thing I did just occurred a few days ago. One of my uh, Air Force buddies, Doug Metley, got married. I could have put on my mess dress from the Air Force days, but he said I didn't have to shave my beard. was being nice. And mm. so what mm. I did that was rented something that looked mess dress equivalent. So I took like the puffy Seinfeld mess dress shirt <laughs> and the buttons that go with that and and the shoes the you know the core frame shoes and then combine that with a kind of uh, sleek suit and it turned out to look really good for whatever reason I saw the picture you did look yeah. good Yeah, I was was complimented on it and stuff like, dang, okay, Miranda enjoyed it. It was it it was nice. And and yeah, and then fitting in with uh, Casino Royale, you know, I I caught some crud. Maybe somebody slipped something in (laughs) my (laughs) drink.
0: I got a follow up question because I know the answer. But where did this wedding take place? It took place in Las Vegas.
2: Ah, the home of Diamonds Are Forever. And as a matter of fact. We were on uh, the old strip. We were on Fremont Street. I stayed at the Golden Nugget. Oh, that's oh. some that's some fertile double7 Did you drowning. go to
1: Circus Circus? That's what I got to know.
2: I, I did not go to Circus Circus. Wow. Uh, I'm afraid, but I know I had to pass by it at some point.
0: You did, you did. I've been I've been down there. Did you tell some random kid to blow up his pants? <laughs>
2: <laughs> did you steal a moon buggy? Uh, un- unfortunately, none of the above. All right, but did you wait to
1: live you- in, laddie?
2: Oh, he's back.
0: Someone get Connery back out of the studio while we check in with. With Agent Cristados, Agent Cristados, what's up, man? Welcome back. What Bond stuff have you been doing?
3: I've been doing a lot of outside stuff lately. So you know, if I could gamble a little bit on some sports games, I would. Watching my mm-hmm. son's soccer games. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> you know, that's yeah,
0: interesting. We We've seen a lot of sports and competitions
3: show up in Bond movies, but yeah. never soccer. Yeah, it's, that's never shown you know, up. You would think that would show up somewhere. Huh. Well, I don't know. I haven't watched any of the newer ones, so
0: yeah, it's not going to happen.
3: Okay.
2: <laughs> well i'm done i'm out <laughs> i mean we saw ice hockey we could see mm-hmm. yeah soccer
3: yeah, yeah. it just Basket hasn't happened, yeah, hasn't happened. happened. Yeah, so oh what a little bit i've been doing a lot of little traveling back and forth to games so okay well
0: that's cool man that is cool so this group of folks right here we're planning on releasing this show monthly as a companion to the show that van allen plexico and alan porter are doing van and alan are currently going one movie at a time through the series Heading to Bond twenty five, and we're gonna do the same thing right along with them. Now, Van and Allen's show is more of an academic, sort of scene by scene, trivia infused discussion between two really smart guys. And then there's our show. Yeah. <laughs> Where we, we got are jokes in it, in,
1: jokes in, jokes in, jokes
0: <laughs> We're in it for the fun. We do take a lot of pride in the discussion from the rookie agents' point of view. I think that's a unique thing that we do here. We get to hear from people who have never seen these before, so fresh opinions are always nice. Except when you disagree with free eyes only, and, and then, that was <laughs> then the last you get time out. Sing hell. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, That's what we got going on here, and then we've got other shows. We've got Raven Benson's Bomb Music One Hundred and One which unfortunately as at the time of this recording we've wrapped our last official episode with Raymond but he he'll be back on the network from time to time. We've got interview shows that we do, little things here and there on the side that we do. So just, you know, stay tuned to this network and we'll give you all kinds of fun stuff. But let's get going with today's film which is Casino Royale. But before we get our mission brief from Agent Jason, he's going to jump right into the action with no parachute in our segment called What Makes You Say That? <laughs>
3: I'm now aiming precisely at your groin," says so speakover of a hotel piece.
0: As we get into the Craig era, these these challenges we do are going to get harder and harder
1: because they we've are. seen these movies fewer and fewer times. I know. I can just see it now. All the listeners going to be yelling at me. You idiot! So
0: easy. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to Return Fire because I'm just going to be like, I don't know. <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't know. don't
0: know. I don't know. Then we got a chance. I don't know. <laughs> 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 all right so jason i got two for you tonight okay just as a reminder to folks at home how this works is i give jason a line from today's movie which is casino royale he rewinds the film back in his head and tells us the line that came before it none of that what's the next line stuff that's easy that's easy we gotta got rewind in this stuff in his head so jason here's the one that i consider the easier one so hopefully we'll start on the right foot i hope so here's the line
1: Before <clears throat> it utter one more syllable and i'll have you killed I always thought M was a code name. I didn't know it stood for. Ah, yeah, very good.
0: Very good. Uh, I always thought M was a randomly assigned code name, Or is it code letter? I might have wrote it down in my notes. Anyway, you're close enough. Yeah, you win. Close enough. Yeah, you yeah. win.
1: I'll take it. I'm taking it.
0: All right. Here's your second and final one for tonight. I did you a favor. I'm going to give give him a little hint here. Did you a favor and took it from earlier in the movie before you got sleepy. Okay. Thank goodness. <laughs> no, I believe in a reasonable rate of return.
1: Do you believe in God? <laughs> yes! Yes! Do you Ooh. believe in
0: God, Mr. LaSheif? And Mr. LaSheif responded, I believe in a reasonable rate of return. He probably should have gone the God route because this movie did not go well for him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> he did not get a good return on his investment. <laughs> he did not. <laughs> he did not. Oh well. Wow. Good job, Jason. You, Ooh, you jumped in, into the Craig era pretty darn well and with that i'm going to turn it over to you for our mission briefing on casino royale
3: this may be too much for a blunt instrument to understand any thug can kill
4: i want you to take your ego out of the equation
3: so you want me to be half monk, half hitman? I knew it was too early to promote you. While well, I understand double O's have a very short life expectancy.
1: So James Bond is back. For the first time. Maybe. I don't know. It was (laughs) early aughts and rebooting was big. When a recently promoted 007 botches the job in Madagascar, he is put on administrative leave by M. Not willing to go quietly into that good night, Bond follows the remaining clues from his scrub mission to the Bahamas. There he uncovers a deadly terrorist plot to blow up an airliner in Miami. After an action packed scene in which 007 stops the attack, M brings Bond back into the fold. It turns out the terrorist financier Lashif had bankrolled the operation and lost a lot of money for a lot of really bad guys. His one opportunity to escape rogue justice is to use his skills at poker to win back the money. M enlists Bond to enter the tournament and stop Lashif in order to get him to defect. Teaming with beautiful Treasury Secretary agent Vesper Lynn, and charming Montenegrin ally René Mathis, Bond enters a world of deceit, double crosses, and violence. Every hand is deadlier than the last, and 007 learns the hard way that he can trust no one but himself. Casino Royale marked the debut of Daniel Craig as James Bond and returned GoldenEye alum Martin Campbell back to the helm. It accumulated $608 million worldwide and ushered in the Craig era of 007. Be prepared. He goes rogue a lot. The cast includes Daniel Craig as James Bond, Ava Green as Vesper Lynn, Maz Mickelson as LeChef, Giancarlo Giannini as Renee Mathis, Jeffrey Wright as Felix Leiter, and Judy Dench as Im. Back to you, Jared. Who played Felix Leiter? Jeffrey Wright. I feel like we've been lied to on the show, boys. <laughs> yeah. Why? What wait, wait, how?
0: Who? <laughs> Who lied? <are>? Who what? <laughs> I believe Delvin said he played Felix Leiter in these movies.
1: Oh, for me minute there had me question like, did I write the wrong game?
0: <laughs> no, Delvin claimed that he was the Felix Leiter in the Daniel Craig films. I'm starting to not believe it. It's uh, called
2: a pseudonym. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> All
0: right, I'll continue to, b- to buy this. Poppycock. <laughs> All right, thank you for that, Agent Jason. Now let's find out what our rookie agents thought about this one in a segment called Declassified.
5: Do you expect me to talk?
0: We're going to break this movie into a few pieces and get the insights of our rookie agents. And then Agent Jason is going to give us his overall insights along with a few bonbons of trivia before leading Agent Delvin and Agent Pat into the scoring round. We're going to break this rookie review discussion into the following sections. We're going to talk about the pre-title sequence, the song and the opening credits, and then Agent Jared's Choice, where I pick something I think is standout from this film and kind of compare it to other films and get the rookies' opinions on it. Then we'll launch into their overall opinions of the film. So let's get to this. Rookie agents, what did you think about the pre-title
3: sequence? I'll start with you, DJ Cristados. Pre-title sequence, go. I thought it was very interesting. Um, they did a black and white on it. They did. Yeah. They so did. right away when they did them, I was like, Is "Something wrong with my TV? What's going <laughs> on here?" But yeah, I thought it was really cool opening that they did.
0: One of your favorites?
3: Middle of the road? Mm. Not so great. I'd, I'd say I'd say uh, one of the favorites. Yeah. Okay. Sort of top third, maybe. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. I thought it fair enough. Nice.
3: Really, I think it being a new kind of an era for it, mm-hmm. doing that really just I'm like, wait, something's different here. What's going on?
0: Mm, there were a couple of different things on in it. And uh, I will pass this mic over to the dark web and see what did you think? And maybe you spotted something that was a little different. I bet you did.
2: I think I did. One of the things that was different was there wasn't any guessing as to who the new guy is hmm just kind of showed up didn't he? <laughs> yeah i mean they sort of had him, you know hiding in the shadows a little bit but it was just like boom daniel craig mm-hmm. James bond section chief mentioned that's exactly who it was and it's like okay well let's get started i guess another thing that was different was at the very end of it how they introduced daniel craig shooting into the camera mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah they put it at the end of the thing. I yeah. it yeah liked it yeah they they put that at the end too even just the story that it was telling as well, the sex in chief mentioned, well, he's really not in any serious trouble because James Bond isn't a double up because you have to have the kills to be a double up. Mm-hmm. and you got your introduction into exactly who Daniel Craig was. It was really intriguing. I liked it, it did, and the black and white on top of it did grab my attention, too. It really did. Mm-hmm. So kind of a top third for you as well? Man, you know, I'm terrible at the ranking, but I would say it most certainly got my attention. Brosnan's, even from Die Another Day, which I wasn't crazy about, I thought it was an excellent pre-credit. Because yeah. it, it certainly did grab my attention. And so this one did too, at least in that, you know, I, I'll give a little bit of insight to the, um, listening audience. I've watched this movie before, but it was a long time ago. And I, I risk, I wish I remember what circumstances I watched it under. Cause I would have no reason to be excited for a brand new bond back in 2006, right? 13 mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I, I don't know why I went to watch it, but I watched it. And so I knew that they were introducing a new Bond in this film. Yeah, it was very interesting how they did it. I didn't answer your question. I know I didn't, but it was a very good one. If you're top third, maybe, I don't know. I'd have to think about all the other ones, but it was very good.
0: Okay. Gave it a good. Cool. How about that fight scene? Huh? Takers? Who wants to talk about that fight scene in the bathroom? (laughs) That was brutal. Yeah. (laughs) Don't worry. The second kill is... um Yes. Considerable.
2: <laughs> yeah, that first fight. Yeah, definitely a rough one. Like, mm. don't know how I want to go out, but it's certainly not another dude holding my head under some shallow water
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: and being drowned. That sounds horrible. And, you know, Bond looked very like, this is a this job I'm doing. It's not pretty, but this is what I'm having to do. Yeah. Oh, we saw
1: Lazenby do that to that guy in the ocean.
2: Yeah. Yeah. All All sped up in his parts. (laughs) 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 Craig fights ugly. There's nothing really graceful about it. We're certainly well past the butt kicks of doom era. <laughs> we are.
0: We are. And that's, on a personal note, it's one of my very favorite things about the Craig era is the fist fights. It is a lot more in line with the self-defense classes that I teach and have been a part of for several years now. It's very, it's not pretty or nice form or anything. It's all about getting out alive. And I think yeah. they translate that very well to the screen. Very gritty. Um, Yes, very gritty and realistic, but all right. I appreciate you guys'
1: thoughts and I'll, I'll pass this over to Jason. Well, let's t- uh, let's talk about the song and the opening credits. We'll let Pat start again. Uh, what are your initial thoughts on the theme song and the opening credits?
3: All right. Well, the theme song was by Chris Cornell, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. I think it's a pretty decent song. So I thought the name of the song was kind of fitting for the new Bond era. You know, you know my name. My name, mm-hmm. you know, is Bond. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought it was pretty good as far as the opening credits. Mm-hmm. the visuals the visuals you know that being more digital now they were doing a lot more things did some really cool pieces where you'd see a shadow of bond and then craig would kind of step into it mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. the action of it so that was really neat looking as well
2: overall i, I liked it
3: yeah but it went well it matched what this movie was about you know the card game and mm-hmm. all that so
2: delvin what are your thoughts I did like the opening credits. I liked the art and how it revolved around cards. Mm -hmm. And then anytime that they had Bond shoot a gun, it was like a spade that came out of it or a Mm -hmm. club. And that kind of harkened back to kind of some of the older montages. Mm -hmm. So Bond hadn't completely, even though it's a soft reboot of sorts, they didn't forget about what got them there. And that was cool. The song itself, I'm a big fan of Chris Cornell's. I was lucky enough, you know, to pull my Ruth and Darren out here to be able to see them in 2011 up in uh, Virginia area. Soundgarden had just gotten back together, and I think they were going to promote some new stuff. But They kind of came out and said, well, if you don't mind, we're just going to do some of our old stuff. No, Chris, we don't mind. Nobody (laughs) (laughs) minds. We don't don't mind at all. I just remember, I'm, I'm sitting there, you know, he's singing a lot of the classic songs Hearing this guy's voice fill this arena, it's like if there's another world that exists, there's such a thing as parallel worlds, and he's like a janitor on it or something, blow that world up. Because <laughs> that dude needed to be singing songs. I mean, just a powerful, just beautiful voice. I think he brought a lot of it to play in this song. It was A very clever song. It was very well-worded. I love the hook, you know, The Coldest Blood Goes Through My Veins. You know my name. That was a clever hook. And then having watched the movie about, like, life is over at the spin of the wheel, which was... Spin of
6: the wheel!
2: Which, Which very much could be a double entendre like between what happened in the movie. And, yeah, I liked the song a whole lot. And even though I liked... The song, Die Another Day, I thought that this song fit the movie a lot yeah. better. Yep. Just how the pre-credits ended with Craig doing it, that shot and just went right into it. That was just very well done. So I'm highly complimentary of it. Well, great. DJ Cristados. would you like to do the honors?
3: Sure. Let's go ahead and figure out what the rating is for this song. It's going to be a one through seven, just like we rate the movie as well. And we'll start with Jason.
1: Gosh, I think this is way up there for me. I'm giving it a six.
0: Very Ooh. good.
3: Ooh. Well, oh. Let's go to Jared.
1: All right. This is
0: a grower for me. It's not a show. <laughs> <It's> a <grower. laughs> when I first heard it, I was like, this kind of sounds like Kind of that generic lazy rock from 90s and the early 2000s. <laughs> and I didn't really like it a whole lot. I probably would have given it a three. But over the years, it has just gotten better and better to me. And the more I've listened to it, the more I've liked it. And it's climbed all the way up to a very solid five for me. I actually really dig it. Beginning, first time I ever heard it, I was like, nah, it's all right, but nah. But I've warmed up to it quite a bit over the years. Same could be said for the film overall, but we'll get to that in a little bit.
2: Delvin. I badly want to give this song a seven. I did too. I can't.
1: Shirley Bassey standing in the way. <laughs> yeah. Shirley
2: sure. 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 and Tina. Yeah. Gla- yeah. Glad Gladys. Of Gladys. There like all, all <laughs> <in> <laughs> they're, there. they're made a wall. As I've already said about Chris Cornell's voice itself, his voice right up there with him. There's no doubt about it. Just got to put that out there. But the song is a solid six for me. It was probably right around five er area, but that he's passed away, rest in peace. That bumps it up to a six for me. What do you got, Pat?
3: Well, I'm going to give it a six. I enjoyed the song. I thought it really fit the movie very well. It got you that kind of. Jared kind of said it. That kind of hard, y kind of, you know, grungy out of that area. But I mean, this movie is when you watch this movie, it was a somewhat of a gritty movie. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, so I think it fit the tone of the movie very well. And kudos to David Arnold, too, for bringing in the
0: orchestra, blending that sound with that orchestra. Did yeah. He did a really good job with that. He sure mm-hmm. did.
2: Yeah, some yeah. years back, they did it with Metallica and the symphony. Uh, that was the mm-hmm. late 90s. That's and so help. the idea, maybe they got that idea with Garbage and the symphony which worked very well and you enjoy that jared mm-hmm, and true. it certainly worked well here it was great what'd you guys think of having no women in the pre-title
3: sequence for the first time i guess it didn't even bother me didn't notice <laughs>
0: <laughs> i've been watching bond films my whole life and i didn't notice until jason said it Just yeah. now. I'm like
3: oh yeah you're right there wasn't really any i and this there was I, people in it right you know yeah people made out
0: of like Car, yeah. Well, they weren't made out of cards, yeah. but when they died, they turned into cars and stuff.
1: If you watch the movie carefully, like, they were snipped scenes. They are shadow boxed from actual scenes in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, when he falls, during the parkour chase, he falls, and he bounces off of that shed. They had that little scene in the oh, nice. beginning uh, of
3: the movie. Where you watch that? Yeah. Oh interesting
0: it's one of my very favorite visuals for the opening titles yeah i I loved it and delvin mentioned this earlier it feels retro but modern at the same time yeah it definitely has so almost a doctor no colorful shapes and stuff Mm -hmm. and then just as an artist myself the whole design of it i thought was brilliant and i love it a real fresh look from what we've seen up until now because we all talked about how the 80s ones just kind of got uh, we kind of got used to them. And then the 90s ones were just kind of 90s. You know, yeah. yeah. you know. And then this one came in, I think it was a, a refreshing change. I got a little passionate there. I'm sorry. Let's, let's no, get back. that's that's cool.
3: <laughs> I guess I never thought there was no women in there. I didn't even talk to me. Did Ava Green not?
0: Did she, she, she did show up very briefly when the crosshairs went across the queen card.
1: Yes. And it yes. turned into
0: her face uh, as the crosshairs went across. But no like curvaceous type of uh, yeah, models on roller skates. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. It took this show for me to realize that. So good point, Jason.
1: All right. Good one, Jason. Good one, Jason. Good one. <laughs> no one's laughing at you. <laughs> no one's laughing at <laughs> Yet. <laughs> well, Jared, I'm guessing you probably have a Jared's Choice segment. All right, man. Jared's Choice segment this week is I
0: want to ask specifically about satisfying kills. Oh yeah. Okay. Because how satisfying was it when that bomber dude blew himself up at the airport? (laughs) You were just like, yeah. yeah even he was like yeah <laughs> i just blew that guy up with his own bomb watch this, guys. Watch this. <laughs> and that got me in the mood i was like you know there's been some some very satisfying kills over over the years some that are borderline amusing so you know be thinking back rookies to some kills that you remember that you were like yeah that's very satisfying or or somewhat amusing and while you guys are thinking uh jace you probably well, I have one
1: or two up top of your head the one i always gravitate Towards is for your eyes only, lock in the car. Yeah, and, kicking him right off the Yeah, you left this with Ferrara, I believe. And then and then I guess a close second might be Dr. Kaufman. I'm just oh, a professional yeah. doing mm. a job, me so too.
0: Am I. <laughs> but, yeah. mm-hmm. I'll also toss in he was fighting was his name Sandor on the roof. Roger Moore was fighting him on the roof and, and he was holding on by the tie. Oh and no. Roger Moore was like Oh,
1: oh, <laughs> oh, oh yeah.
0: He got (laughs) the (laughs) information, you
1: know.
0: It kind of fell off as a mildly amusing
2: death. So, what do you got, rookie agents? Yeah, I can. I can go. Bond's kill of Scaramanga was good, Mm. and with the golden gun because it, it was Scaramanga's hubris really that kind of cost him at the end hoisted by his own petard yeah have like yeah having a freaking live model (laughs) of bond there that wound up doing them in so that was the first one that came to mind
0: that's good stuff pat satisfying kill something that amused you or made you feel like yeah i feel better now that guy's dead
3: (laughs) boy it's 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 hard for me because i like them all (laughs)
0: <laughs> you, you like that no. Kananga blow it up like
3: a balloon? those were kind <laughs> um, I'll go with uh, your your buddy Max Zorin.
0: Oh, you like the oh. death of Max
3: Zorin? Mm-hmm.
2: Max?
0: <laughs> you know, it's funny. I'm having uh, one of these sort of brain blanks real quick. Did he?
1: He just fell to his death, didn't he? Off the bridge? Yeah, he was like mm-hmm. laughing about it though.
2: Yeah. Like, it was weird. It's Frankie. was Frankie. Yeah, Dad. you know, I mean, he's a good actor, so. Perhaps the sky was his saddle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I was talking to Sean. He says it's playtime for the lads. I <laughs> <laughs> coming to talk to you guys. I heard you were talking about my film. <laughs> Does anyone have questions about living, let die?
2: No, Chris. Well, I wasn't in
0: that. I
2: wasn't a bit to a kill. I was testing you. <laughs> All
0: right, I'm going to get Chris out of here before he embarrasses himself further. All right, cool. That's all I wanted to get from
1: you What's guys. about that time when I said, I guess he got the point. <laughs> Remember?
0: Oh, Remember? you know what? You bring that up, Sean, but that's another satisfying kill for me is that like total jackass guy was like, hey, his name was Sharky. <laughs> Timmy Dalton's in the middle of like sneaking around the boat. He's like, oh, screw this guy. <laughs> oh, I
2: know. He's
1: going to get away
0: too, man. He's Sharky. Like, boom. You know. Yeah.
1: No, this guy's got to die
2: <laughs> I like that one a lot too That was a, that you want it, you keep it Oh, oh
1: it was. Yeah. That's, That's a good, one. A good That's one. One. <laughs> yeah. Don't you even want to know why <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah, basically License to kill us yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, well I appreciate you guys playing along And uh, back to you, Jason, to do the Lord's work And get into
1: this film All right, so let's go over some highs and lows. I'm interested about this one. I think this could go in a couple different directions. I'm interested to know what the rookies think. I'm going to mix it up and start with
2: Delvin. Give me a high or a low for the film. I'm going to start with a low because I really just came... I, I wrote it down, but I really just came up with it because it is kind of a low. If you think about the main plot of the movie, it's improbable. MI6 does some incredible stuff, but we're going to give you $15 million that if you lose it, you've given it to terrorists. But if you win it, maybe we have a chance at getting this terrorist. That's the plot. (laughs) I'm I'm tracking you. I'm
1: with you. you. I started thinking about
2: that in this view. too. I did too. I it, probably better
1: ways to handle
2: this. It, yeah, get, get the bleep button ready. That's bat <laughs> sh- crazy. <laughs> I hear you, man.
0: Remember when Vaughn like initially lost all of his money before he could buy back in? He was like, "Screw it, I'm going to stab this guy with a knife." I was like, "That's a better plan than the one you had to start." With.
1: That should have been Plan A. <laughs>
0: it's actually
2: a cheaper plan. <laughs> How much, how much would that plan of cost? Like, a you tuxedo, know, like, you know, a few hundred bucks, room, maybe a thousand, <laughs> knife.
3: <laughs> you had the gun behind the counter. You could just, oh, I got to go get this package now.
2: There were a number Take of cheaper of options than what was played out. So I, I'll put that one out there and I, I'll pass it to Pat. All
3: right, Pat, what you got? Well, uh, where do I begin? <laughs>
2: just pick a high <laughs> or a low. That's all you got to
3: do. Well, let me tell you something here. Let me tell you a little story. <laughs> I went into this movie knowing that I've kind of seen it before because of watching the old movie we did as part of Saturday Matinee Theater on the Long oh. West Crusade Network.
0: Stealing a little thunder. I was going to ask you about this later on. But yeah, think, we did 1957. 1950- 57. I think 57 sounds right to me, Jason. Anyway, the 1950s Casino Royale that we want. I wanted to hear your thoughts on this. Please go ahead.
3: So, knowing a little bit about that story that will happen within that short amount of time, I was. Really interested in the other story that was going on. I'm wondering, is is that part of the book? So maybe, I don't know if Agent I's got any help for us later on on this I've read all. the
0: book, too. I can answer questions. Yeah. I have oh, as well. Did you?
3: you read? I do. Yes.
0: That's right. Top to bottom. Tylenol for headaches, might all for cramps.
1: <laughs> First page, last page, and then I asked Jared what happened in the middle.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but to answer your question, Pat, what we saw on the Climax TV episode from the 50s was pretty much... Not exactly, but pretty much what okay. happens in the book. The book does include, well, the, the TV version included the torture, so you know the torture was different. Yep. So pretty much everything while they're in the casino area through the part where he's tortured and gets away, that's okay. pretty
3: much the book. That's pretty much the book, okay.
0: Everything before so- that, everything after that was... Ball
3: new movie. for this movie
0: pretty much i bet age and i might mention that later
3: was it pulled from anywhere else mm. be kind of interesting because i like that how it all kind of blended together and made the whole casinos more relevant and uh, understood kind of what was going on and the be meaning behind the chief and and all that too because in the in that older one we didn't get really get too much character building there um you're mm-hmm. kind of just thrown into it so i really liked that a lot I would say just the the buildup of the characters got me invested into them to find out, you know, as the movie went on, how things turned out for some of them. And
0: I think there's a little homage there because I'm going off of a few years old memory, but I want to say that Le was basically in the book moving money for, at the time, the Ruskies. Yeah, he was moving money for the Ruskies or the Communists and sort of in a similar situation, he kind of screwed up and he was trying to win some money back. So some of that is still, still accurate. They just sort of changed some of the background. But none of of that like blowing up a jedi airliner none of that was in there and uh pretty much all that stuff at the very end about the last 20 minutes i don't know that but, being in
3: there but all that made sense and made you understand why he was doing what he was going to do at the casino you know he, his plans of trying mm-hmm. to make more money
0: yeah that part up is still on him. <laughs> yeah it did and that part or is still pretty legit like, but yeah I, I had it in my notes i was going to ask you guys about how you felt about that crossover with having watched the Casino Royale from TV in the 50s, which we did, like you said, Pat, on the Longbox Crusade Network on Saturday Matinee Theater. I think we covered that on Episode 10. Episode 10.
2: I wasn't there for that episode.
0: Oh, you missed that one. So you, you haven't seen the 50s though, one. I can't remember if you've actually no,
2: just I didn't watched watch it along with us. Mm-hmm. I did not watch it, guys. Ah, okay. Well, then I'm not going to ask you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no point asking. I just found that really interesting going into it to go, okay, you know, what am I going to see that I remember from watching that? But a lot of it was the same, different game, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yes. They were playing, but they had some of the same characters there and that, and that uh, was really, really interesting.
2: So, Delvin, second yep. round, what you got? Chemistry. The chemistry between Vesper Lind and James Bond was very Very good. I love how, when they introduced themselves to each other, how if someone wrote it bad or clumsily, they would have talked about each other. But they showed how Bond has a perception and how he's able to read people, and he guessed what Vesper Lynn was like, and Vesper used her experience to guess what Bond was like. They had already sized each other up, so you got to learn something about both of those characters. And then you got to learn something about how they interact together. That was a very well done scene. And there are a couple of other scenes throughout the movie where you can just tell that they meshed very well together. Both of those are very likable and believable characters and how they interacted with each other. not on that note, this is kind of a
1: bomb, so I'm going to sneak one in here. Sneaky bomb. I was reading that the two actors really got along and they didn't have a hard time communicating with the director and the writers if they thought something didn't feel right. And one example was the shower scene after the big fight in the stairwell mm-hmm. when Vespa is like in shock sitting in the shower. Mm-hmm. The original script called for her to be in her underwear, to strip down to her underwear to go into the shower. And Daniel Craig actually made the point. He said, she's in shock. She's not going to take the time to undress herself to get in the shower. She's not thinking right. It doesn't make sense. It's just gratuitous. On one hand, it's like, that's really smart. And that's really good chemistry. And then on the other hand, it's like, shut the f- up, Daniel Craig. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see that underwear. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, no, but in all seriousness, that was that went a long way to the chemistry that I think we all felt when we watched the
2: movie. Yeah, yeah dude, so. absolutely. Because yeah. Daniel Craig's response—he is—he just got right in there with her, mm-hmm. yes, fully clothed, and that showed an instant understanding that he knew what she was going through. Mm-hmm. Right. Very, very, very good. They planted the seeds earlier with how nice the
0: dress was and how nice. His outfit was so you know, it, it really sells it that you know, these are, these are really nice, expensive clothes that are being ruined, mm-hmm. but they're not thinking about that. You know, it's on a whole other level, you know, yes, so, there's a lot of levels involved. But in the end, I would have uh, underwear, yeah,
3: <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed on the train, I liked how he slipped in money penny, yeah, or at least she, she said, I'm the money. And he goes, and worth every penny.
2: Yep. Oh. <laughs>
1: every penny of it. You realize
0: that yep. this
3: this movie had no money penny. No, but i like I knew
0: that's some mean, like dude who looked like an that, intern though. working out in the front
2: desk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe that was Gary. <laughs> Bango. That was Gary <laughs> money, money. Like, honey, I have a job for you. <laughs> this is women's work. And then it's like years later it's like, wait a minute, what have I done? I've ruined my marriage.
0: <laughs>
2: Remember when the
0: defibrillator wasn't connected? Gary Money Penny. Oh. <laughs> oh, <sorry.
2: laughs> Gary, Gary,
0: Gary was like he was in there like Whoop.
1: <laughs> oh, no. oh no. You're not gonna make it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, DJ Cristados, give us your second higher low.
3: Kind of speaking about Vesper, I enjoyed the kind of twist in this that she kind of turned on him. And again, it was different than the black and white one because mm. they said James in that one, James knows her from way back then. And so I'm kind of mm. waiting for like, well, is she going to change? Is she not going to change? You know, is she the one or is it um girlfriend or somebody that? And I'm like, what is he going to get with that girl? You know, <laughs> what's going on here? And so I, I like the whole plot twist. And then to find out with the other guy, too. Mathis, of him kind of turning on James as well when you find that out and when he understands what he did there. And it was like...
0: But do you?
3: Did <laughs> do he turn you? out? More yeah. information
0: to follow in the next film,
3: my friend. Okay. Well, that's, you know, that's kind of true, too, because I'm like, well, why is he here once he's back at the little hospital area or whatever that was? What's kind of going on there? And...
1: He wasn't uh, making no love after that. Rope to the nuts <laughs> episode. Was like, ah, nah, Yeah, that's a quick off.
3: recovery, man. <laughs> Well, the heart will go on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I cut you off. Uh, let, let me let you finish your thought there, Kistatos.
3: I Again, I just enjoyed the, the kind of twists that we had there. And, you know, this was a movie that kept me kind of watching it. I did do it in two nights just because I start watching it later at night. And I'm like, well, you know, it's a two and 40 minute or, you know, it's a pretty long movie. It's
1: like, yeah, I think, think 25 or something like that. 225, something like yeah. that. Yeah.
3: Longer than, longer than some other ones. But it was really interesting and it kept me interested. And I was like, okay, I can go for another, you know, I'll get past the halfway point. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm kind of still staying in on this one to see what's going on. And I kind of, like I said, I had to cut it off because I had to get some sleep. But I was biting at the bit there just to get back to it. The, on the seat of your seat? Yeah, on the seat of my seat.
2: All right, dark web. Okay. Third round, what you got? High Where's- or low? More highs coming. Let's talk about the relationship between Bond and M. Contentious.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: Goodness. M was not very happy with Bond uh, to start with and was almost like, you know, good grief. You're going to fail that bad. Just have a sense of the effect. What are you doing? <laughs> but Bond, the entire time, did have a purpose. I'd love to know what direction they gave Craig because his Bond is, it's an interesting one. He's definitely rogue, just like Jared said, He, he when he goes rogue a lot, even though he did it with a purpose. Yeah, it's interesting. I'll stick to that, but I, I definitely want to talk just a little bit more about Daniel Craig as James Bond himself. I'll just leave it at talking about the relationship between him and Bond for now. Definitely an interesting one. As we saw with, Brosnan and him, it was a similar relationship, but you had an even younger Bond, which is what they were trying to sell him as, being even more cavalier than Brosnan's Bond was. It was interesting. One of the issues that I've had with the Daniel Craig
1: era of Bond from the get-go, I always felt like he was too old to be a rookie Mm double-O. And if, when I think back to the Bonds, you know, Sean... his body. Oh, he was a great shake. No, mad props to him for his fitness. Oh, yeah. But I'm just saying that every Bond seemed to fit his character. From Connery, Connery had obviously been a double O for a while, had a rapport with him, and that you kind of go from there. And a very young George Lazenby. And in the books, the double O's, their age range usually is from 25 to about 45. They're forced retirement at 45. It seems like they're kind of following the books. You have a very young double O in Lazenby. Then you come back and you have a more mature double O with kind of a cocksure attitude about him as Roger Moore. Even the Timothy Daltons, and I've mentioned this before, like when you see him without his shirt, there are like scars and things
3: Mm -hmm. on him.
1: So he looks like a guy that's like nearing the end of his road. His whole persona is one like, you know, he fires me, you know, whatever. I don't I don't really care at this point. Almost burned out, almost to that point. Then you go to Brosnan and you have the Brosnan and the new M. And the new M is is working obviously with a James Bond that's been around for a while and kind of have to break into new boss. And so you kind of have that tension going on. And all this seems natural. And then you get to Craig. Who's like, dude, you at least 40. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're just now a double O. And it just, I don't know. It never really felt like the right bond in the right time for the right story. And I'm sorry, I've rambled a little bit here. I don't know if I've articulated what I'm trying to say, but hopefully I made some sort of point.
0: I understand, though. I feel the same way. I always felt like Craig was a little too old to be doing a prequill. You know, I yeah. just got double O status. Dude, and, how long have you been part of the company? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs>
1: jeez late bloomer yeah i guess so like double old as hell <laughs> double oh <O-O> oh my hip
3: <laughs> <laughs> anyway cristados go ahead higher low Um, it's gonna be another high i really enjoyed the action scenes as well kind of jason brought that up that parkour scene where he's chasing this guy all over the place oh geez. man, That's crazy that craig can run he just likes to run after things. <laughs> he's he's, like, like, he's a like, dog like Tom Cruise. <laughs> like, yeah. Tom Cruise is always a- running after something.
1: <laughs> I'd be like, I got away. I'd be like, <laughs> what are you going to do?
3: Yeah, <laughs> just go, man. i <laughs> guy you.
1: run up that crane. I run running up that crane. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like when the dude leapt through that little hole. Yeah,
3: and then Craig went through the wall like the Kool Aid man. Just, yeah, oh, yeah. He oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: yeah.
3: I was waiting for him to go through that little opening.
0: Man, that dude. Let's give some props to that dude. He was chasing oh, that guy yeah. had skills. Yeah, he was like <laughs>
3: unbelievably like just he took those jumps and just bounced right back up and just did all that stuff. I'm like, and then Craig's like, screw that, I'm going to take the stairs or I'm going to go take this other way. <laughs> I really, I really like those scenes. I thought that was really cool um, to see because it took you through so many different places on that whole chase scene. So really kept me interested in that.
2: Well, let's keep going on that. Not just that chase scene, but then fight on the tarmac as well was just crazy just like just so much action back and forth back and forth and i, I didn't rewind it but i would like to rewind it just to see because i'm sure they showed the exact moment of when craig hooked the bomb to him
0: yeah oh, they didn't show it show it you knew it well, they showed him yeah. hanging out and then he saw it and then next thing you know that guy tried to get out of the truck and craig grabbed him by the back of his belt before he yeah. could get out yeah.
2: And, you, and then it was like, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you did. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> and it was kind of cool of you take you could think of that first how long was that? Maybe hour or so? Almost like a pre-credit scene, really, like a very extended pre-credit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that led I mean it was very well done though, because the prototype plane didn't get destroyed. That meant LaShif selling short on the stocks. Mm -hmm. That is not easy to say. Um, (laughs) Lost some money. Yeah, that he lost a ton of money from that, which meant that he had to go and win it back at the casino. The plot line was very well set up.
3: Well, I didn't write it down a lot of notes, but just, you know, there was no Q in here. Where was Q?
2: No Q yet. No money penny yet.
3: No money penny yet. Okay. Except for Gary. (laughs)
1: I'll save my comments on.
3: You to got to see M's right husband a little bit. Yeah.
1: Yes,
0: you did. what do
3: you think his job is? House think- husband.
1: Yeah, that's
0: yeah. right. Maybe <laughs> and Gary Moneypenny just roll together through through the day. You know,
1: hanging out. Possibly a retired agent. Maybe. <laughs> I
3: think. You, you it- think he spends his days trying to get into M's computer right by that bedside?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I would. I'd be Doing like, that? I don't, I don't know. know what's going on around here.
2: <laughs> One, two, three, four, five. No. <laughs> one, two, three, four, six. No. <laughs> one, two, three, four, seven. Son of a bitch.
1: <laughs> In actuality, I think that was a uh, cameraman or it was one of the film crew that was in bed with her.
3: Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really? I just thought that was kind of interesting because you got to see a little bit of her personal side. mm mm-hmm. um, You know, her house and all that, too. And how sneaky is Bond to get in there and just, I got your password. I got that and all that. I'm just
2: sneaky. The sneakiest hmm That's what they train him for. <laughs> I want to talk about Craig as Bond. Yeah. Every Bond has his appeal, right? One of his main thing is that he's he's a ladies' man in a way. If Craig had an appeal, it was his confidence. Mm-hmm. He kind of had that steely gaze where it's just like, okay, I'll, I'll do what you say, I guess. And a little, little bit of charm. But it just seemed like more than anything, and Vesper called him out on it, it was confidence to the point of almost arrogance. And who the heck knows? If such a creature as James Bond existed, for him to have survived what he survived and the skills that he has, it's kind of impossible to be completely humble about it. Mm -hmm. It's interesting to see how Craig's Bond developed. Not humorous. Didn't catch that where I did with Moore and Brosnan. Very businesslike, very confident, very physical. An interesting mm-hmm. contrast between the bond that we have Good. seen for what the past 20, maybe 25 mm-hmm. years. Because Lazenby was super physical. Roger Moore. <laughs> <laughs> he, no. tried. He, he tried. He tried. Dalton, yes. I forgot mm-hmm. about Dalton. And Brosnan definitely was physical, but not like Moore was like Someone's coming after him with a sword in this movie, yes? The machete. Machete. Mm Machete. That looked ugly and scary, Mm -hmm. as opposed to Die Another Day, where they did the foil fight. And it was like, (laughs) "Mm, no. I still like that sword fight. I I I know. I did too. I did (laughs) too. And you did, and Ruth and Darren did. And I was like, "Mm." It, it just seemed very limp.
0: I tell you what I noticed about that machete fight too is when it's kind of all over and he stands up, dude is covered in blood. Craig has got blood all over him. Yeah, you've never seen that in a Bond movie before. Yeah, Yeah. he he got. It's always like straighten my tie and get back to work. And I was like, dang. (laughs) In,
3: In all of his different stuff that was going, you know, when he's washing up or you know he's got blood on his face and all that, and he had to get cleaned up so he can go back down to the playing card area. Mm-hmm. You know, and look like nothing happened. Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting. Yeah, that was but really cool. I want to kind of go back to what Delvin was talking about with Craig. My take on it is, for what it's worth, you know, I'm just a rookie. But speaking about rookies, he's still a rookie in this. And he, I think he's playing it as that, where he's got that cockiness to say, yeah, I made it to double-O status. Look at me now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I'm careless. What do I got to lose? Instead, he doesn't have that seasoning of being a double-O There's other ways around it than just being physical, you know, and outsmarting people intellectually more. I mean, he does a little bit of that, but he lets that get the best of him, too. Playing the card game, he goes, yeah, I know what I'm doing. And he even says it to Vesper, and it gets the best of him on that part of it. And you can see it in his eyes. It's like, oh, man, I just got, you know. The sheet. I just got (laughs) got the sheaf. But my take on watching it is that's how he was playing this character. Because you see him progress through his early mm-hmm. stages of the first kill and second kill and then just all the other stuff that happens along toward at the end, you know, in that building. And that building fight is really cool with all that's going down around it. And, and you know, that's kind of cool, too. But just his progression through that, how he evolves is mm-hmm. my take on it. So, like Delvin said, I'm interested to see how it changes over the other four movies. Mm-hmm. Is it four or three? Well, you say other, so other three. Three, other right. three Total, movies, yeah. yeah. So the other three movies, how he changes the character, you know, after all these other missions that he has supposedly or have been on.
0: These yeah. next few will be interesting, too, because they actually, of all the Bond films, have the most continuity.
3: Yeah. So yeah, and that's what I like because I'm like, okay, here's a really fresh start that I can get behind. Now that I have that history, mm-hmm. they pulled a lot of that history into this. And like you said too, I I can see that they're going to start to weave some things in there. A good character change is he has the the struggle with the first kill. That last kill at the end, man, that's just cold. <laughs> Shoot that kind <laughs> of <the> foot. <laughs> is this Mister White?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh,
0: spoiler, spoiler. Mister White ain't dead. Oh, <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> you ain't seen
1: the last of Mister White.
3: Hmm, well, interesting. You see, that's even bet.
1: more. Interesting. He didn't kill him. I'll grant you this because I think the very end scene when he says, "My name's Bond, James," Bond, and he stand there in his yeah. full suit and he's got the Gun, got the assault yeah. rifle, and yeah, I think that's like that's James Bond. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's like we go through the movie to
0: get yeah, to you that, got to that see
3: part. yeah, yeah. So you got to see how that whole evolved there. So that's you got my to help.
0: see how how this incarnation of Bond gets to how he feels about and treats women. Because, uh-huh. you know, we got to see him open up Yeah, and that's then true too yep. betrayed,
1: So now he's mm-hmm. like, nope got his- Job's oh, done, bitch is dead that's- Which is
0: directly from that's- the book Yep. Got his nuts busted mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who are you going to call? Nut, Nut, Nut busters,
1: busters. <laughs> 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 Oh my gosh, alright is- We're officially off the rails at this point Should we double O player? Does anybody have any final thoughts? Think of them all, man
0: I've got final thoughts <laughs> Alright Do ya? All right, Jared, go ahead. Double O player, us, and then then yeah, I'll, I'll well, drop a couple of thoughts on you this. Guys okay, all right. You know, this you. is an interesting Double O player, though. It's interesting. Double O player. Play,
5: play, play, play,
3: all I have is one. Is one. Her. It is one. I was going to write down the girlfriend, but he never closed the deal. He had a plane to catch. That no, was not chief's girlfriend. That was um
0: Demetrios. Demetrius. 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 Thank Demetrius. You. There you go. Let me tell you something. That girl. Is flat out gorgeous. <laughs> I don't care
1: what you say. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. LaSheef would have been in the money if I, <laughs> I would have okay. still been in the Bahamas. Okay, will catch the next flight. I mean, how fast can they blow this plane up, right? But it's interesting that he, a lot of people think that he slept with her, but he didn't. No. 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 Oh. He was on the hunt. I mean, because no. he just switched off and he was gone. Because he says,
0: for for one. Yeah, I would have st- still been wrapped up with the two tennis players that checked him out on the way in.
1: <laughs> Yo, <laughs> I not right? that far. <laughs> <laughs> what was I here to do? <laughs> the door would have been dirty <laughs> love. <long. laughs> <laughs> All right. Jared, give us some I, final thoughts here.
0: I'm interested to see how these scores come out with the rookies. Because I'm gonna be honest with you. When I first saw this movie and it was Martin Campbell's back, I wanted to feel the way I did when I saw Goldeneye and I didn't. And uh, there was a couple of things in the movie that bugged me. Okay. One, critics fell all over themselves to praise Daniel Craig for being harder edged, steelier, not so much into the women, all about the mission. And I'm like, Timmy Dalton did the same thing and True got no that. credit for it. No credit for it. I think he had the unfortunate circumstance of coming after a beloved for a reason, Roger. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And I think the, the general community was, this guy is, he's just too serious. And then so everybody's like, uh, you know, you suck Timothy Dalton. Well, I loved him. Then Craig comes along, does the same thing that Timothy did. And everybody's like, this is wonderful. I'm just like, eh. And so I have some bitterness there. My other bitterness from when I saw yeah, a little bit. Yeah, couldn't uh, <laughs> I saw this movie. Was it has a pacing problem? It's two hours and twenty minutes, like we said. I always feel like the movie should end right about the time that the chief gets killed, and then there's like an extra twenty, thirty minutes after that, where it's like bonds travel in the world of Vesper, and it's just like I'm yeah. like,
3: but I, I think that's the whole buildup, though, to keep that facade that was going on.
0: I don't know what it is about the movie, but I always feel just a little burnout by the time we get to that fight you mentioned in Venice yeah it's decent but i'm always like at this point i'm just like i'm kind of done with this they movie. It, yeah. they, they introduced the guy with the one dark glasses thing i'm like don't introduce characters to me in the last 20 minutes of the movie. <laughs> i'm not ready for new characters i just always felt like i had a pacing problem and at the end of it i was like i liked it but man the bond community is like kind of falling all over themselves about this movie and i just wasn't part of it i liked it okay but i was just like this is not blowing my skirt up here but much like the song, much like the song, it grew on me over time. Like the more times I've rewatched it, I like it a little better than when I first saw it. But I think it really, the biggest piece of that puzzle was going in, excited about Martin Campbell's return, thinking I'm going to get something like Goldeneye and getting nothing like <laughs> Goldeneye. So it was a weird switcheroo for me. And that's all, all I'll say about that, but I'm interested to see what your scores are and I think. Jason handles that. Actually, let me not lie. Jason gives uh, his bomb bombs, and then we score.
1: All right, so got my three bomb bombs here. Bomb bomb number one. This is the first time that Felix Leiter returns to the James Bond franchise since *License to Kill* in 1989.
0: Welcome back, Felix. Yep, you've been hey. missed. Good to be back. <laughs> Today is the first day of the rest of his life. <laughs>
1: <coughs> <laughs> bomb bomb number two. Daniel Craig lost his two front teeth while filming the fight scene in Prague, which was the first action scene to be shot in the bathroom, and his dentist had to fly from London to replace them. Got his teeth knocked out in that fight scene. Fight scene, yep. (laughs) That was rough. Number three. Ian Fleming celebrated the completion of the Casino Royale novel's first draft by purchasing a gold-plated typewriter. And former James Bond actor Pierce Brosnan reportedly bought the typewriter a few years ago for fifty-two thousand
3: dollars. Ooh, the man with the golden typewriter. That's
1: right, (laughs) baller. And with those 007 trivia nuggets safely tucked away, it's time to have our rookie agents score the film.
3: You need to tuck those away.
1: Uh, Yeah, you got to be really careful
0: with the trivia nuggets in this. I
3: didn't know what was going to happen. You know what? I didn't know what was going to happen. Why I'm like, why is he cutting out the chair?
0: Oh man, <laughs> I don't, just, just one. I'm like, whoa! What, what blew me away is I saw the movie first, and then I read the book. When I realized that torture scene happened in the book, I was like, oh, they, he wrote that in 1950, whatever. That's wow! It blew my mind. Man, that's yeah. nuts. That's just nuts. Yeah, he got cast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh. 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 All right. Let's score this film. All right, lads. Let's score it on a scale of one to seven martinis. The rating is as follows. Seven martinis means you loved it. It shook your martini. Six means it was excellent. Five, it was very good. Four, it was good. Three, it was just okay. Two is not so good. One, you hated it. Somebody poisoned your martini.
0: Ooh. Stirred it too. It was dirty. dirty yeah. with their
3: with their dirty <laughs> finger. <Yeah. laughs>
1: all right, we'll go ahead and start with Delvin. How many martinis are you giving this film?
2: Okay, so the start, the end, uh, and the feel of this movie were all different than before to me. I was impressed by the reboot. Craig could be a bit cold, but he was physical and he was steely, so I was very convinced that he was a very capable Bond and I'm very interested in what happens next. Six martinis.
3: Nice. Very good. Pat,
1: are you feeling six or what are you thinking?
3: Well, let me tell you, boys, I think it's time to raise a toast. It shook my martini. I oh. loved this movie. This was I liked it.
1: You're giving it the full seven. I'm giving it the full double oh, yeah.
3: O seven this was really interesting to me and i was caught off guard with the beginning and just the whole character building Mm -hmm. from start to finish it felt fresh and familiar at the same time yeah you know what? And I'm like, okay, I'm down with this. Okay. Well, this, this is the inside I was looking for. A six and a seven
0: tells me that maybe there's just something wrong with me. <laughs> because we got the rookies yeah. at six well, and seven. We, I don't know that. And uh, <laughs> I, I didn't take to it in my first viewing. It mm-hmm. took me a while. And even now, I'd say I'm probably built up to around uh, a, a strong five, but a five.
3: You know, and it could be we've gone through, what, it's been several months now that we've gone through these almost two years so yeah i've gotten to go through each one right one after the other one after the other so not having that long wait periods in between bond movies Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. so that's mm a good point too yeah you don't have to fight anticipation that's for sure yeah so i got the and and being able to see that progression of those movies in you know each month we're doing one each month we're doing one. So. I got to see the progression in a shorter period of time. So,
2: Cool. Well, Jared, you also have very um, strong feelings about Timothy Dalton. Yeah. And, you know, I, I can tell just when you're talking about him that you feel in some ways, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that Craig got credit for Dalton's stick.
0: Yeah, I kind of feel like that. Uh, I will give Craig credit for being the more physical. I he is the most physical, James Bond. I mean look like you said, look at that body. That dude is freaking chisel. <laughs> he works <laughs> <out>. <laughs> Yeah, even the chief made a comment about it. He's like, "You've taken good care of your body." Yes, <laughs> but you're yeah, like, but but you're right, Dalton. Like, like, like tiger. <laughs> it's just, I guess, it's always stuck in my craw that people in the Bond community a lot too tend to kind of poo-poo Dalton, and I'm just like, "No, oh, man, he's the original hard edge guy."
3: Don't get me wrong on on that. I still like Connery, and of all, course, I uh, like all the other ones. Do I like Craig? Uh, the story's still out on it, but I just like this overall whole story on it. mm Hmm. Right up my alley when we didn't have like over the top sound effects. We didn't have over the top gadgets or fights or to say there was some over the top fighting, but they didn't have just outlandishly kind mm-hmm. of things happening. Really. Moonraker. <laughs> yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah <it's true. laughs> he was sneaky when he needed to be, you know, it was more spy on this one. You know, it took me back to Dr. No, where it was more spy stuff
1: yeah it's
0: legit i let my dalton bitterness go more times i watch it and i like it a little more i still think it has a bit of a pacing problem overall but mm. uh it's it's enjoyable and as long as you know, i'm enjoying it yeah mm-hmm. no matter i complain we... I, you know what i do have one more question for the rookies i know this is gonna be an extra long episode but we get a lot of division in the bond community basically there's two bond girls that stand out tracy and vesper and the Fawn community is kind of split between them. I'm hard in the paint for Tracy myself. I actually don't understand why Vesper has been elevated to the level she has been. I mean, she's beautiful and she acted well, but she betrayed James Bond and Tracy would just never. When Bofeld tried to get her to betray James Bond, she killed one of his dudes and saved herself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm like, that's pretty awesome, but I'm interested in you guys' thoughts. Tracy, Vesper, Delvin. Tracy. Tracy, you're Tracy man too.
2: Yeah. Vesper was very, very good. There's no doubt about that. And of course, yeah, she, she did turn even though she was put in a no-win situation there. You're right. That's fair. She did barter for James Bond's life. so fair. Yeah. James yeah. was about to... Let's not talk about what was going to happen to James. <laughs> yeah. That but, was not good. <laughs> yeah, not good. He was not going to be bonding for you know, <laughs> with his boys. And, and yeah, so... Vesper definitely had a saving grace, and you can tell that she was so ashamed of what she did, she basically (laughs) killed herself. You're right. Now, all all of that said, the reason why I picked Tracy is because Bond relied on her, and Tracy was more than capable of taking care of herself. Mm -hmm. Vesper kind of had to be pulled into all of it. Mm. wasn't that sidekick as much as Tracy was to me, so that's why I picked Tracy.
3: Fair enough. Cristados? I agree with what Delvin said. I would go with Tracy as well, too.
2: And Jason. Tracy, hands down. So we're
0: all
3: we're all team Tracy on this show. Okay. Yeah. I think Vesper's the one that broke this new James's heart. Mm-hmm. You know? hmm
0: I think that's something that always bothers me just about the Craig era in general. In the old era, we always have that underlying Tracy thing, and it comes up every once in a while in a movie just to tug at your heartstrings a little. Yeah. And then in the Craig era, it's like she doesn't
3: exist, and that bothers me. <laughs> it makes you wonder if they've ever if they will kind of pull in a tracy
2: i don't know what happens in the next few movies i don't know how much of the next few movies are prequel or not i honestly don't know if they keep them prequels they're gonna have to eventually come back to modern day at some point which means that all of the history at that point is history And then Bond moves forward from there. It'll be interesting to see what direction they take it after Bond 25, because we know Craig is going to be in Bond 25. I honestly think in this
0: speculation here, I honestly think that the Craig era is going to end up very much in its own box. I think once 25 is done, I think that set is done and will relaunch from there. I really do.
1: And I'm really biting my tongue because there's things that I want to say, but I don't think is appropriate to say right now. Until
0: I know, I'm I know what you're thinking. Yeah.
1: <laughs> there's some things in the in
0: movies that we have yet to see. Well,
3: right, well, yeah, things could change.
0: All right, anyway, so I got us off track. So let me get back to the script. Well, thank you, gentlemen. And now it's time to crown this episode's Double O Award winner. And Pat Delvin will do this by answering a series of trivia questions on Casino Royale. And according to my script, Pat is the current champion. Is there any way this could possibly be correct? There's got to be a typo. (laughs) I'm all in. He's all in the <laughs> Uh So Pat will get to uh, make some decisions as to who's going first and whatnot here shortly. But first, we have to take a break to thank our Patreon sponsors. So we'll hand it over to our network founder, who's getting back on his feet, Felix Leiter style. We welcome him back, and he will give us our Patreon list.
7: White Rocket Entertainment.
5: As always, we have to pause here to thank our patrons, the folks who go beyond the call of duty of MI6 and On Her Majesty's Secret podcast to help us bring you all these programs. You get the Bond review shows by Alan and me. You get Jared and his crew with the Rookie Agent show. You get the Raymond Benson music reviews for the entire series and so much more. And that's just on this particular channel of our network. We also do many other programs, including the White Rocket Podcast, and Alan and I do Open Wheel, covering Formula One and IndyCar racing. And all those shows exist because of the great support of patrons like Brendan O'Dwyer, Samuel Salvatore, Christopher Burleson, and Carl Von Drunker, Trevor Johnson, Phil Amthor, Winston Boddy, Willie Carden, Susan Trawick, Ben Spooner, Stephen Thompson, Chris Usher, Justin Bean, Steve Trewick, and Richard Stevens, Ross, Kevin Smith, Clarence Salford, David Hegler, Robert Mendenhall, Johnny Caldwell, Reynolds Wolf, Valiant Hermes, Jacob and Robin Fleming, Clay Henson, Anne Kangian, Catherine England, George Gaston, Will Summerford, John McCune, Tom Anderson, David Evers, Andrew Barber, Timothy, Steve Harlan, Dan Thompson, Wes Atkinson, Rich Reimer, Jared Albright, William Glenn Matthews, Joel Beckham, Spanky, Theodore Gary, Shannon Butson, Taylor Sanford, Mickey B, Hugh Anderson, Shane Bailey, Mick Vigicana, Chris Thrash, Logan Chilton, Tony Perry, Alex Nguyen, Josh Teal, David David Simpson, Earl Ricks, Mike Finley, C.T. Wayne, Dave Powell, David Smiley, Jeremy Minton, Lane Middleton, Donnie Reynolds, Wade Carson, Ivor Evans, John Zavachin, Chris Camo, Darren Pyle, Chris, Wardam Wade, Jason Albright, Randall Walker, Ben Amos, Ruth and Darren Sutherland, Patrick Williams, Rob Morgan, Steven Schuster, James Taylor, John Stubbs, Kenneth Brent Rains, Nicholas Craig, Russell Milling, Matthew Wagstaff, Joey Miller, Mark Squire, Brent Rumble, J.W. Rice, Michael Morton, Lawrence Kane, our one time donors, including surfer Jickify and our anonymous donors we thank you all if you want to join their ranks and help this show and others on our network to keep going just go to www.patreon.com and look up van allen plexico or white rocket and for as little as a dollar a month you can join the team and continue to help bringing shows like this to the air and we thank you very much
0: Well, thank you, Van, and if you'd like to help us patch up a recently demolished African embassy, you too can help sponsor the show over at Patreon.com. Just search the keyword Plexico. You can give as little as a dollar a month to help keep Agent Jason in the game. And like all those other folks whose names you just heard Van read off, you'll get a shout out on every episode of all the White Rocket Entertainment shows, including this one. As a Patreon, you also get bonus materials, behind the scenes information on all the White Rocket endeavors,
1: including our novels, comic books, and more. Jason. Well, thank you, Jared. And just remember, I just need 25,000 more so I can buy back in. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of patrons. <laughs> I, need, I need a few more patrons. Okay, so let's find out who this mission's Trivia Double-O Award winner is going to be so he can lord it over the other guy until our next episode. Agent Jared and I have each prepared three questions for a total of six. We'll take turns asking each of our contestants a question. You get it right, that's one point. You get it wrong, your opponent has an opportunity for a steal. Most points at the end of the game get you the coveted Double-O Award, a pinball machine in the middle of the jungle, And six hours of free therapy if you get your balls pancaked by a weighted rope. This is wild. (laughs) This is wild supplies last, not available in all areas. There really weren't that many gadgets I could go. (laughs) (laughs) Let's start this segment we like to call Agents Under Fire.
3: Well, I understand double O's have a very short life expectancy.
0: Pat, you are the current champion. Would you like to go first or second? I will go first. All right. Delvin, who would you like to read for you? You. All right. Pat's Guess going it
1: first. Out. Jason's got the questions for us. Yes. <laughs> so I give him the questions and the answers. This should be easy. <laughs> here That's we your- go. All right, Pat, we're going to start you off with a softball here. How many confirmed kills does an agent need before being promoted to double O status? One. Maybe that wasn't much of a softball as I thought it was. <laughs> this, two? Is,
0: this is going to get ugly. <laughs> the answer is two. Oh, oh I was no. say two, but I'm like, deal in the first round. Meh. Oh, well, you may want to just go get a drink or something. <laughs> we'll just uh, take those. Maybe Pat
1: can steal this one back.
0: Delvin, your round one question is as follows. What was the activation code word that granted access to the airport secure area? Ellipsis.
1: Ellipsis is correct. You got room for no more mistakes there, yeah, Samson. I know that Delvin's not going to know this one. What country are they in when bomb chases the bomb maker? Bahamas. You watched the right country? movie. Yeah, I
3: don't know. No, I didn't.
1: <laughs> Delvin. Oh, Dad, Delvin proved me wrong. Oh, <sighs> Uganda. Oh, not quite. Uh, no, they cut from there to Madagascar. Madagascar. Oh. Um. Interesting bond bomb is there's no compass.
0: Delvin, your medium round question, and it's another geography based one. What city did the attempted jet airliner destruction take place in?
1: Miami. Correct. I think we're just in it for bragging. We're in it for bragging rights now. Three zip. Yeah. We could have our first shutout. <clears throat> first
2: second, second shutout. I, first I shutout. shut out.
3: Hey, hey, no one likes it.
1: House of Pride, Pat. Come on. What fake name did MI6 give to Bond for his arrival at Casino Royale?
2: Mr. Baker? Delvin. Arlington Beach.
1: That's I crazy. don't even remember the Arlington. He's <laughs> just showing off now. Well, Delvin, for
0: a clean sweep in the final... Question in the hard round: What fake name did Bond tell Vesper was her cover name at Casino Royale?
2: Stephanie
0: Brochest. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie Brochest <laughs> is correct
3: with a five to zero shutout. Ooh, way to go, Devin! Way wow. to go. Good for you. <laughs> Good for you.
1: You're a nice guy.
3: <laughs> go ahead and keep it. You earned it. Yada yada yada. <laughs> congratulations to
0: delvin be sure to do the right and proper thing and lord this victory over pat until you guys meet again in the field next episode
3: you want it you keep it old buddy you know <laughs> oh,
1: Man,
0: i've seen these trivia questions cut through harder men <laughs> <laughs> and now for our final segment of the show entitled return fire during re- yeah, I know, right? <laughs> this is this is going to get ugly. You guys need to pick your easier ones because I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> I don't know the answers. <laughs> During Return Fire, our rookie agents Pat and Delvin get to toss Jason and I a trivia question that they brought with them in an attempt to stump the 00 experts, which gets a little shaky as we get to the Craig era. But let's find out. And let's get going with Return
3: Fire. This never happened to the other fellas. Pat, what you got? My question is, what was the phone number on the yellow cab that was in front of the bodywork sign?
0: All I know is the Miami Dade is what it said on the cab. I don't know the
1: number. I'm looking yeah, at Jason. I have no idea. About oh, I thought Jason was about to drop some you numbers. Know, I, I, yeah. I really didn't write anything down. I didn't write any barely, numbers down. So. <laughs> I barely had time to watch this thing. I'm not going to lie to you.
0: <laughs> Thanks for making it
1: fun, Pat. Delvin, what do you got? Okay.
2: He didn't give. The, she he has to give the answer.
0: Oh yeah, let's pretend like we're interested in these numbers. Go ahead.
2: Eight six seven five three zero
1: nine. There you go.
3: Eight 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 seven 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 seven. All okay. right.
1: Okay. So
0: I had we paid attention. It's
3: relatively easy to remember.
0: <laughs> Delvin, you got a softball
2: for us. You know. I think it's more of a chance of you being able to answer the question. All right. Let's have it. So a lot of this was taking place at the casino at the table. Mm-hmm, that's right. That's right. And at one point, they were playing chips that were worth $100,000. Yes. What were the two colors of that chip? Blue and red. Yeah.
0: Well, okay. Hang on. Hang on. The $100,000 one, I think, was just blue and white. The other big chip was red and white. But I don't remember what its value was.
2: So there were, like, the two big plates.
0: Yeah. The pl- That's one thing of the plates. There was a, a the blue thing plate and a red
2: plate. I'm talking about the chip. Oh, the chip. Ooh. Not, the, not, the not the plates. <laughs> I it was the highest chip
1: before you got to the plates.
0: Black and red. That's what I'm going with. Jason, what do you got?
1: Green and red. It
0: was black and red.
1: There yeah. we go. Hey. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Close and- this whole time, I thought we were talking about plates. I, I was too. I was like, I appreciate oh, I thought, the clarification. I appreciate it. not the plates. Right. He gave that dude, that dealer, a full plate. Dude, I know. Like, this is for you. And the dealer was like, Thanks.
2: Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. That's made my entire life. <laughs> Cheap bastard. Only 500000 bastard.
0: <laughs> well, that was a rough one, and I think they're only going to get rougher from here. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Me too. I got to take some better notes, I think. Cause, yeah, I let this So do
3: kinda... I. <laughs> Obviously, I'm... <laughs> I mean, so, that's how I guess that's how much I really like this, that I wasn't really paying attention to some of the details. I didn't write a lot of notes on this one because mm-hmm. I was really into this movie. I wasn't trying to win a contest
2: at all or anything like that. <laughs> I was trying to enjoy oh, the really. film. Well, yeah. well, obvious because you didn't get any points. <laughs> pretty clear that you weren't trying to win. <laughs> really. really. No. Nicely done, guys. Agent
1: Jared, what do we have in the eyes only mailbag this week?
8: What, no small talk? No chit-chat?
0: Well, I thank you, Jason. As a reminder to our audience, if you'd like to be part of the show, you can send us your questions or comments or trivia challenges to ohmspod at outlook.com, or you can hit up our Twitter page, which is at ohmspod. And you can use that email that ohmspod at ohmspod to send us an audio recording of your question or comment, and we'll probably play it on the air. And if you're an iTunes listener, we'd greatly appreciate it if you left a review for the show. This will help raise the show's profile to attract more of the 007 family of the program, keep the conversation going, and man, we just love it. So if you got the time and the inclination, how about a review on the old iTunes? You know, five star if you like. Or if you don't like it, you can give us five sarcastic stars. As a reward for leaving a review, we will read your entire review on an upcoming episode of MI6 Rookie Agents. But let's get into our regular feedback segments. Oh, this is going to be an interesting one. I think the next one we have up is who we're calling Agent Voice. That's Royce the Voice from San Antonio, Texas. Hi. I can't participate because I listened to these when they came in my email today. So I know. It's a question and an answer, a bit of a trivia question. So I'll let you guys come up with the answer after I
3: play this. I ain't going to have any luck on that one.
9: (laughs) Hey, y'all. This is Royce from Station TX in lovely San Antonio, Texas. Now, I haven't really found a niche in these feedback bits, but I think I've stumbled upon a solid subject, and that subject is song lyrics. All right. Let's do a What Made You Say That style segment, but for song lyrics. So what is the line that precedes the following in you know my name by the late Chris Cornell RIP and if you think you've won you never saw me change and if you think you've won you never saw me change All right do you have it
0: What do you think boys I know the answer because I listened to earlier today so I can't play <laughs> What line came before if you think you've won never saw me change
2: I'm not going to get this. I feel embarrassed, but I don't know the lyrics of the song well. I know the chorus, but I don't know the lyrics. Man, I was kind of counting on you. I know. (laughs) So was I, Delvin. So was I. I guess I'll I'll take a stab at it.
3: Czechoslovakia? (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's probably it. Looks like our team has been stumped. I'm not allowed to play, but I'll be honest with you, when you first My mistake was I listened to them out of order. I listened to your answer, and then I listened to the question, and I had to be honest with myself, I don't think I would have got it had I not listened to the answer first by mistake.
9: Well, let's find out what the answer is. The answer to what precedes, and if you think you've won, you never saw me change, is when you return to the night. The full line is, if you come inside, things will not be the same when you return to the night. And if you think you've won, you never saw me change. The game that we've been playing. I'd sing it, but I don't want to ruin anyone's eardrums and anyone's day. So let's just keep it to that. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.
0: I tell you what, guys, even though we struggled with that and did not come up with an answer, I think it's a clever bit and I would encourage him to do more.
2: Yes, absolutely. absolutely. You have to know the lyrics because it's one thing if someone's singing it, but if someone's talking it and you're not quite familiar with it, you're going to get hung up like we got hung up.
0: Well, what kills me is I feel like I could do very well at this game on any song before the Daniel Craig era, <laughs> but, uh-huh. but now I can't prove it as we move forward, so we're all going to have to really tune in and listen to those lyrics on these upcoming movies <laughs> to maybe stand a chance. Well, that was fun, Royce, and we thank yeah, you for that. Yeah, well, it's- uh, Oh, boy. <laughs> Next up, let's see what our Canadian friends at the Bond Complex have to say about Casino Royale. Oh. Oh.
10: Hello, on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast, MI6 Rookie Agents. This is the James Bond Complex Podcast, answering the call for a mini-review of Casino Royale. I'm one of the podcast hosts, Edgar.
7: I'm uh, another one of the podcast hosts. I'm Matt.
10: <laughs> well, and it's good thing you're here, Matt, because I couldn't do this show alone without you. No, I need you, buddy. I know, I know. Now, um, I, the, the MI6... What are well, we doing I, tonight? Well, tonight, I just, look, I want to, I think we need to really this time talk to, to the rookie agents. I mean, they've gone through 20 movies. Oh. They they probably think they know their bond at this point. They've been 20 movies, 40 years, 40 plus years. Uh, you know, Die Another Day must have been quite an episode. I'm <laughs> sure it was uh, at the time of this recording that hasn't been released. So I don't know what it <laughs> what came of it. They probably think they know their bond. But do they know their bond? I mean, Casino Royale is really something. Well, what, I think we all thought we knew our bond in November of 2006 when we went to, to see Casino Royale, but uh, I think something happened to many of us in the theater <laughs> that night. Well, what, what are some of your memories?
7: Memories of being in theater: uh, the floor was sticky and the popcorn was expensive. Uh, but if the, of the movie, I, it was a thrill ride from beginning to end. I've I've yet to feel the same way again. Walking out of a Bond movie, I think the the closest thing I can think of was when I first saw Goldeneye when I was a, when I was a teenager. But this is uh, this is a landmark film. This is uh, not only a good Bond movie, but it's just a good movie. Period.
10: Absolutely, and, and I think that's why this is the one that a lot of casual Bond fans will cite as being their favorite or or the best one. It's for ex- the exact reason you just highlighted, Matt. It's the fact that you can take it as a Bond film, and it's great, and you can take it just as, as a love story, as a thriller, as an action movie, with all those romantic and, and thriller ingredients, and it still works. It just so happens that it's a main character called James Bond. I think it's our... our I, I'm gonna. I think I'm going to quote our third co-host Jason and say like it's rare, or maybe that's you. I don't. But it's rare that the 21st entry in a franchise is the one that rejuvenates a franchise. <laughs> I, I don't remember who said that exactly. It's either you or Jason. I don't remember.
3: I don't remember.
10: But yeah, that that always stuck me, uh, stuck with me when that was said, and it, and it's true. I mean, to go back to the basics, the way they did, and and try to remain true as as true as possible to Ian Fleming's original text, and really take the essence of what that story can represent cinematically, while, of course, adding other other ingredients, because it's a fairly short book. It's one of the shorter Fleming novels. Um, it's an absolute coup de grace. It's really uh, a majestic film, and, and let's maybe talk briefly about some of those elements. I mean, we can't talk about Casino Royale without talking about Danny Boy, Daniel Craig. <laughs>
7: Each time you call him Danny Boy, I I I'm thinking you're thinking you're saying Danny Boyle. He's not he's not making Bomb 25 anymore. But um, Daniel Craig, uh, as we were saying, uh, is fantastic in part. He's tougher, He's meaner than the previous Bomb. and I think he's to me he's perfect in that movie. I think it's he doesn't he plays the character a little more emotional than he eventually will in other movies where he's pretty. He's, he doesn't give much I mean in, in ways of uh, in, in, in emotions but this one is a little bit more passionate and more gutso um, I just I just love is the torture scene with him and Mads Mikkelsen and it's it's just a fantastic uh, moment in the film and it's it's, it's from the book also it's, a, it's also the uh the, the last uh, pure Fleming adaptation, um, that mm. you know, and it's it's just great. And you have evergreen. Evergreen is such an improvement Oof. from the book version. Oh yes. What did I call her? Uh, uh,
10: uh, an uh, amorphous blob.
7: Amorphous <laughs> A
10: book. line that will go down in our podcast's history. <laughs>
7: Oh, she's fantastic, Eva Green. I've been in love with her ever since, as probably many, many, many other uh, Bond fans have have been since. Um, she's fantastic in the part. Uh, uh, you have the great parkour chase. Um, mm. It's just and lots of poker. I I know you don't you don't really play. You haven't played poker yet. We'll no, fix that soon. We're fixing that soon. Yeah. Um, but it's just it's just great poker games. The sets look great. I just love this movie. It's how many times have we discussed this movie so far? Hmm. We have a recording in the works that we we're, we're gonna release in a few weeks. We did yeah. one for the uh the concert and yeah.
10: we we did one in French.
7: One in French.
10: And we did the original one, so we, did, and if we include this one for for MI6 rookie agents, this is our fifth time we record about
7: <laughs> Casino. I, like, right I know now. I'm repeating myself, but if it's it just, I feel so passionate about this movie. Uh, I, I would be, you know, there are like some weaker points, but I mean, the sum of it parts outweighs any weakness this movie may have in Terms of plot or even some characters, uh, it's just it's just great. It's just a beautiful film. Sorry, I
10: I have absolutely nothing to add. You've taken all the <laughs> words I'm straight sorry. out of my <laughs> mouth. No, it's fine. I mean, uh, it's a, a beautiful uh, succinct succinct uh, review and encapsulation of, of of my thoughts as well and my emotions about Casino Royale. It's 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 a film. That will live on as a legendary uh, landmark in in the franchise, and for all, for all the right reasons. Um, so so that's. Is, unless there's anything else we want to add to that. Uh, uh,
7: I love the song. Uh, oh yeah, great R- science. R- 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 P- yeah, Chris
10: yeah, no kidding. And and the score is fantastic too. I love. It's also the last time that uh, a Bond score. We <clears throat> excuse me, Weaves instrumental versions of the song consistently in the score. Like it, there's little hints of it in Quantum of Solace. There's, there, it happens, I think, once for real in Skyfall and once for real in Spectre. But if you listen to that Casino Royale, David Arnold scored, there's a lot of instrumental version of You Know My Name. It's great. I love it when that he happens. He
7: leans so hard on. That instrumental because he doesn't use the Bond theme until the end, so you really leans hard on uh, well, you know my name uh, throughout the movie, and it's just it's just great uh, every action when you hear it. It's just, it's as exciting to me as the Bond theme.
10: Mm. I, and and I think we I was floating out of the theater when uh, the final lines. I mean, to end a Bond film on the name's Bond james bond is with that huge badass
7: semi-automatic that he's carrying and this amazing three-piece suit which yeah, turns which I... in a two-piece suit the following movie
10: who cares details
7: um
10: apparently that's actually a true replica or mind you marine blue but a true replica of the goldfinger three-piece apparently that's what i've heard
7: i it really looks like it i, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. that it, it if, if it was the case it looks like connery's suit from that movie it's it's a three-piece awesome. suit but it just oh, the the way it's cut the way uh, craig wears it it just it's so similar and i love that suit too so
10: Yeah, so do I. I think that just about does it for a casino, unless we want to do another two hour long episode. But I'm pretty sure they have other uh, MP3 uh, uh, recordings to play and to listen to and to comment on. So I think we'll leave it at that. Um, You're doing a great job over there. Uh, We're big, big fans of the show, all the versions of the regular show, the Music 101 with Raymond Benson. It's always good stuff. Uh, If any of your listeners want to check out the James Bond Complex, uh, Matt, 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 uh, do we have people everywhere?
4: We have people everywhere.
7: Uh, We are at uh, thejamesbondcomplex.com. It's a website that I am trying to up, up uh, upkeep a little bit uh, more uh, these days. Uh, we are on Tumblr. It's the same thing, by the way. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Um, Twitter, did I mention it? Uh, um, uh, so, Anchor.fm uh, still hosts us. but You know, they, they, they were bought off bought off uh, bought, bought a few months ago, but I, don't, I haven't heard anything. Uh, on that side, so we're still not on anchor. Uh, we have a small YouTube channel that I'm trying to to add more content to it, um, and uh, we're both individ- individually on the uh, Twitter sphere. I'm uh, at Matoclera 007 Double Seven. Or
10: am I? No, it's Matt Eau Claire. Well, your Instagram is a little bit more yeah, uh, active, just, let's say. You know. uh,
7: yeah, you're right. My Instagram account is at MattEauClaire007.
10: Uh, and my Twitter is yeah. 00pop, which is just so smart of me. Uh, the <laughs> word <laughs> double underscore O-H <laughs> underscore. <So laughs> I thought you
7: stuck about, with it.
10: <laughs> <laughs> so that about does it for us. Thanks for the invitation for the little review, guys. Uh keep up the great work and uh a la prochaine, merci.
0: Au revoir. Merci mes amis. That is gibberish I just did. <laughs> what I learned most from that recording was they also have a team member named Jason. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. But somehow he never makes it onto those recordings, but
1: It's like my but- alter ego. It never says anything. <laughs> I speak for both of us. Those are our bilingual uh, friends up
0: in Canada with their thoughts on Casino Royale. They seem quite taken with it as well. Mm-hmm. I think everybody has a a like at a minimum for this film, though. It's a good one, right, Delvin? Heck yeah! There you go, <laughs> dynamite drop in. <laughs> oh, that's Edgar and Matt from the James Bond complex, and you guys should check them out. Next up, let's check out the Fleming connection with our old buddy Agent I.
4: Hello, rookie agents. This is Agent I with the Fleming Connection for the 2006 James Bond movie Casino Royale. Ian Fleming introduced James Bond to the world in 1953 with his very first novel where Cold War antagonists meet across the gaming table at a casino in France with love and death on the line. The novel introduces James Bond as a double-O secret agent with a license to kill and the best card-playing skills in the service. The main villain is Le Chiffre, which means the cipher or the number. He is running Soviet operations in France and ends up losing a lot of his sponsor's money. The British Secret Service learns that Le Chiffre is setting up a high-stakes game of bakala at the casino Royalezo in an attempt to win the money he owes to the Soviet spy agency Smirsch. The plan is for Bond to win the game and the money instead causing Smirsch to kill one of their own agents without the British having to fire a shot. Bond is joined in his adventure by René Matti of the French Intelligence Service and American CIA agent Felix Leiter, and British Treasury official Vesper Lind. Mathis helps tie up loose ends for Bond, and Felix supplies the money for him to buy his way back into the game after he loses but of course it is Vesper with whom Bond spends the most time. After Bond defeats Le Chiffre at the Baccarat table, Le Chiffre appears to kidnap Vesper and uses her as bait to capture Bond after a high-speed car chase. Bond is stripped and tortured as Le Chiffre asks him where he hid the check for his winnings. Bond holds out long enough for Smirsch to catch up with Le Chiffre and kill him, ironically rescuing Bond in the process. As he recovers from his injuries in France, he and Vesper fall in love, and he plans to leave his job to marry her. But she is spooked by the appearance of a strange man with an eye patch. Vesper dies by suicide and leaves a note confessing to Bond that she was a double agent, working for Smirsch the whole time. The novel ends with the famous line, The bitch is dead now. The novel does not establish Bond as a superheroic character, He has flaws and makes mistakes. He survives when several attempts to kill him just barely miss. He loses the card game and has to buy his way back in. He seems clueless to Vesper's deception until it's too late to save her. We typically think of Bond novels and movies ending with Bond in the arms of a beautiful woman. But in the very first Bond adventure, he ends up betrayed, hurt, and alone. So you can see that the 2006 movie version of Casino Royale incorporates several of these elements, updated to reflect the threat of rogue terrorist organizations rather than Cold War nation states, and using computer passwords rather than paper checks to cash in the winnings. But there is a lot of great Fleming material brought to the screen. I encourage everyone to read Casino Royale. It's actually one of the shortest Bond novels, and it's definitely outside the prototype. But you can see some of what makes Bond a great character right from the start. You can follow me on Twitter for more James Bond knowledge at Seek Out Wisdom. This is Agent I, signing out.
0: Okay, so there we have Agent I bringing that knowledge. I think he answered probably a lot of your questions that you had, Pat. And, yeah, he uh, did.
3: Felt in uh, some of the blanks there on what the no- difference was between the novel and the movie. So that um, makes me, like he said, go seek out the novels. Definitely want to get to, and perhaps we may.
0: Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And they, uh, if you want to be a bit of a cheater, the folks over at Dynamite have released a graphic novel version that is very, very hmm. strictly follows the novel. And that one's by Van Jensen and Dennis Calera. We interviewed Dennis Calera a while back here on the network. And it's a great way to kind of do a little bit of a cheater and not read the book, but get absolute flavor of the book. It's very loyal
1: to the book. And I think this is one of those films, like a lot of the favorites, that managed to carry the essence of the movie while incorporating some of the modern dynamics, uh, which I think is ultimately what makes a good, successful Bond film.
0: I agree with that. All right, let's get up with our Junior Agents, or our Rusty Agents, as we like to call them. Let's see what's going on over there.
6: Good evening, Agents. This is Rick from Junior Mission Control Center, also known as Jeff and Rick Presents. I am providing this week's field report on the film, Casino Royale, from the Junior Agents stationed in the Pacific Northwest. As usual, I surprised my fellow Junior Agent, Jeff, during the recording of our regular podcast, Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, with a pop quiz in the middle of our script. His answers, as always, are not prepared. Alex notices a kid being arrested and points him out to Johnny Rival. It is Raphael Rival, a.k.a. Rip Rival, a.k.a. Johnny Rival's brother, a.k.a. a busted crack dealer, a.k.a. games, card games. Oh, come on. Don't give me that blank look. You should know by now that non sequiturs in the script can only mean one thing. Pop quiz, Agent Jeff. It is. So-
8: <laughs> you son of a... I was so confused. I'm looking at this. I'm like, oh, I guess I didn't... Up- I guess you did some stuff on the script and I hadn't uh, updated that yet. Okay, that's weird. I'll see where this is going.
0: Aha! So you now we're going meta because we recently had Rick as a guest on one of our Crusademus episodes coming out in December over at the Long Box Crusade Network. He was discussing the comic that he brought, which was Damage Control. And I decided to give him a little pop quiz 007 style in the middle of his visit. Let's see how it went. So, just humor, everyday people,
6: and some pretty good character stories, too. Had any of you guys ever read the series at all before? Starting with you. Jared?
0: Well, let me answer that question with a question. Sure. Pop quiz, Rick. <laughs> the senior Royale is the 21st James Bond. <laughs> <laughs>
8: oh boy.
1: <laughs>
0: Go on. <laughs>
8: this
0: is the uh, first appearance of Jeffrey Wright as Felix Leiter. Can you name two other actors who've played Felix Leiter?
6: Ah, uh, yes, I can maybe no? I can't. can't. (laughs) Like that would Um, help. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God! He knows though. (laughs) No, he would. He wouldn't know those ones. He wouldn't know those ones at all. (laughs) Oh God! I I I could. uh, (sighs) Lord from Hawaii Five O. Good, Jack Lord is correct. Lord, and that's the one I'm going to remember. (laughs) <laughs> the sad thing is, I keep thinking, who's in those kinds of roles? And, I'm like, no, it wasn't um, Joe Don Baker. He played the not Felix Slider role. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, You were close on that. I'll give you close points, but yeah.
6: Ah, uh, God, I, I can see all of the different actors that played them, but I could just remember Jack Lord. That's the one I can remember.
0: That's uh, not bad. You got the first one. I'll give you Rookie, Edison. step up. Rookie,
1: step up. Give me your medicine. Yes, there right, yes. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> And bravo. Bravo,
6: sir. Bravo.
0: (laughs) And there you have it. Thanks for being a good sport, Rick. Let's get back to the show. (laughs)
6: <laughs> it is time to talk about Casino Royale, and I am talking about the 2006 film with Daniel Craig, not the 1967 Peter Sellers film. This movie also stars Eva Green, Mads Mickelson, Giancarlo Giannani, Jeffrey Wright, and Judy Dench's M. The first film to feature the current Bond, Daniel Craig, and a move for the franchise, making this a type of restart. But that is not what I want to talk about. A large part of this movie deals with gambling and card games. Let's test your card game knowledge with these five questions. Here it goes. <laughs> since the high stakes game in the film is texas hold'em what has a higher hand value in poker three of a kind or a straight uh, i want to say a straight you are correct what is the highest point value in a hand of cribbage cabbage
8: patch pegs how, oh, how, oh 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 this is easy let's just say five Twenty-nine.
6: I was really close. (laughs) In Baccarat, what is the value of a hand that has a king and a six and a seven?
8: Mmm. You know, in bowling, that's known as the old kingsy-sixty-sevensies. You know? I'm sorry, you were talking about something? That would be
6: three. (laughs) When playing blackjack in a casino, the house dealer must draw cards until their hand busts or is over what amount? Twenty-one. 17.
8: <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I thought was, we were talking about the, the legal drinking age. So far, you're one for zero. I'm doing really good. I, I, I feel I'm feeling pretty strongly about this. Feeling I, got, pretty strong? I, got, I got good feeling. You think
6: you got this last one?
8: I got oh, I've already gotten it. All
6: right, look in the future. It's already done. When playing Pharaoh, the first card out of the shoe <laughs> is taken out of play. There are two names given to this card.
8: Name one of them Faucet, Pharaoh Faucet, <laughs> or um. No, that's Fanta, the soda that I'm thinking of.
6: Oh, oh, I'm giving it to you. I'm giving it to you. One of the words is soda. Hey
8: <laughs> You see, I told you I knew it. I told you I had it already. Look into the future. Go back two minutes. Go well, thirty seconds, go forward and you'll see that soda was obviously the I would answer have also I was accepted, joking at.
6: I would have also accepted burned off, so there you go. Yes, burnt ends. <laughs> I love I love barbecue. Two out of five, not bad. <laughs> Training, as always, will continue in the field until our junior slash rusty agents are able to handle any situation. Thank you again for accepting our reports. Until next time, junior agents
2: signing out.
1: Those guys are always
2: entertaining. Yes. Okay. Keep up the good work.
0: <laughs> oh, Lord, Jeff and Rick. They sent us a little bit of bonus material, too. It's it's kind of an outtake kind of thing, so stay tuned for that in this episode's outtakes. Bye-bye. Oh, my goodness. One of these days, one of these days, Jeff is just going to snap.
2: <laughs> 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 no one, Rick, I've had it. <laughs> Your pop quizzes, I quit.
0: <laughs> I like how he still kind of falls for it, though, like when it shows up. And he's like, ah.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I had not even heard of that Pyro game outside of watching Tombstone. <laughs> well, that will bring us to a close on this episode of MI6 Rookie Agents. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this crew and want to hear more from them, but in the realm of comic books, check out the Longbox Crusade. Pat, where can that be found?
3: Well, Jason, I'm glad you asked. You can find the Longbox Crusade at www.longboxcrusade.com. You can find us on the Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Longbox Crusade. Back to you, Jared.
0: Thanks, Pat, and thanks to the fellows for taking on yet another dangerous mission. And thanks for the listeners who tuned in. If you'd like to leave a question or comment on this or any of our other episodes, feel free to contact the show on Twitter at OHMSpod or email us at OHMSpod at Outlook.com, or you can contact any of us directly on our social media. You can find me at Sale Artist. That's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all at Yardsale Artist.
3: Jason.
1: You can find me at Skull on Twitter or Jason Albrick on Facebook or Instagram. Pat.
3: Well, Jason, I'm glad you asked. You can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01. Delvin,
2: you can find me at dee underscore ray one nine seven seven. And we hope to hear from you soon.
0: The next episode of MI Six Rookie Agents will feature Quantum of Solace. Embrace yourself because Bond's going to go rogue.
2: (laughs) What?
0: Hey, watch out now! And remember, on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast, we'll return.
8: Oh, once when I was with Am in Tokyo, we had an interesting experience. Outtakes. Thank you, Miss Money Penny. That's all. That's all. All right. Let me just uh, let me just flush the toilet now, so you can get that <laughs> sound effect. Oh, Jeff didn't know nothing. Flush. <laughs> wow, that's a pretty rusty handle. <laughs> nice. You get some, uh, <coughs>
6: it's finished. Rusty handle for the rusty for agent. the rusty
8: agent. You got it. You knew where it was going. <laughs> Oh, I love Casino Rural. I loved uh, Brandon Ruth as uh, part of that. He did such a good job. <laughs> I love him as Bond or uh, Penny 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 Money. Penny Money. Penny, penny money. money. I yeah. love Brandon Ruth in that.
6: <laughs> yeah. I don't know how much I am keeping in.
8: <laughs> <laughs> you can just send him that part as a bonus. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
6: <so
8: cool. laughs> I like, wonder if we're going to have another one of these. Dap- yep, yeah, there it is. <laughs> get to... Get to, uh, get to Go to somebody's webpage, (laughs) listen to their own podcast, find the section that I'm in. Here they go. We love this. You're a rusty Asian. (laughs) He goes, what are you doing, you fool? And I'm like, I'm trying. Barely can do my own podcast. I barely know the one comic book I'm getting to read, let alone anything else. I'm drinking beer. Cheers. (laughs) Uh, Quick check here. I, I, I'm
0: picking up just a little background noise. Does anyone have a TV on? And another uh, room?
1: My wife has one on the other room. Let me close the door. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. He's gonna get <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can't hear you, Jason. <laughs> Do it real quick. Tippy-toe. Tippy-toe. <laughs> Don't
1: you shut that door.
0: <laughs> I'm not sure where we are. I just know Jason did his thing Jason there. Jason said something. <laughs> blah, blah, blah.
1: Something yeah.
3: <laughs> Would you say that the La Chief didn't like that?
1: Sheep <laughs> I know where this is going. <laughs>
3: Losing that money.
1: Lose that money. Lose that, that money. money. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you knew that was coming. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's us. One of us had to hit that.
1: <laughs> oh, I lost track. Help me, Jared. <laughs> where are we at?
0: Um, I don't know. Maybe we let Pat do his double O player thing and then do a, a final round for the boys. All you know, right,
3: you know I got a few more yeah when the chief
0: noticed it. that he changed his shirt. yeah,
1: well
3: <laughs> I... Chief don't like that.
1: <laughs> Where's your old shirt, <laughs> Where's your old shirt? <laughs>
3: i I like it how Jason just stopped and left like twice. <laughs> what I learned I most... <laughs> Well, Jason, I'm glad you asked. You can find the box Crusade. <laughs> I'm sorry. <Damn> it, <laughs> <laughs> this this video thing does not help. Yes.
2: I'm excited.
3: <laughs> well, I'm, I can see you on. I can see you the corner of my eye. I see you with my eyes. All right, let me start over again.
1: <clears throat> you can find me at Whistle ah, Whistle skull. Whistle Skillet. <laughs> <It's> whistle Skillet. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know your name. <laughs> <laughs> it's Whistle
2: Skillet.
0: and that's a wrap for this episode of Longbox Crusade Elseworlds I hope you've enjoyed it and we'll see you around the alternate dimensions in the future Music themes for this show are done by musical genius Joe November. Please check out his SoundCloud at Josephlin99. That's J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-99. You will not regret it.